everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the all-new podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, shares her view of pop culture, small-town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom takes a fresh look at the work of Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. Let's bring her in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm great. I'm very great. Very great. Wow. Very great. That's right, because the sun is shining, and um, I'm still having trouble with my pants, but I guess, actually, I talked about that with your wife. Uh, Yeah, you're going to have to elaborate on that for the sake of me and the listeners. Since I've omitted sugar and all flour except for sourdough bread from my diet, I have lost quite a bit of tonnage and uh i can't quite get the right size pants now i see i think my size is like washed and shrunk size 12 or size 10 but i have anna says i have to go to the store to really try on pants because i got the wrong kind she says i need bootlegs so i need to go to the store i hate to go to the store i like to order everything online boot cut you mean Boot cut, She's yeah. not advising you to get bootleg uh, pants, illegitimate <laughs> pants, I hope. <laughs> no. Smuggled Levi's? No. <laughs> uh, is that what you wear, Levi's? No. Um, I, I forget what I wear. What do I have on right now? I can't see. Well, take your pants off. Uh, Paige. P-A-I-G-E. Well, that's not a name. Paige. Where do you find those? Uh, you know, at a department stores. Well, I think I wear Lee's, but I really do think they're like, uh, you know, granny pants. Or yeah. Mostly. Well, I don't know. Well, that's what Lee's known for. Mom jeans. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Well, then I should get there and get me some. <laughs> well, I think you could pull off something more stylish with, the, stylish with your new uh, svelte figure, Mom. Yeah. You know, the problem is I'm just not sure... Uh, how tight they should be. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's what I'm not sure of, see, because Dad says, oh, those look good, those look good, but I think, you know, you're 66 years old. Do you, does everybody really want to see all that crammed into a pair of jeans? I I think not, so I, I like the baggy ones, but uh, the problem is I, if, I, if they're baggy, they fall down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you're really giving people even more of a look then. So maybe the tight (laughs) jeans are the way to go. More than I want to. The tight jeans may end up leaving more to the imagination. That's true. That's true. But I must be between sizes, and that's I think that's what's Well, try a different brand, Mom, because the fit varies from brand to brand, too. Right. And that's what Anna was saying, go to the store. Lee is not known for their flattering fit. And it depends on the person. Maybe there's people for whom Lee looks great, but that wouldn't be my right. first choice. Right. And I hear what you're saying, and I and I really just do need to go, but I, I hate to go to the store. I just hate it. I hate the smells. I hate the people. I hate everything. I like the smells. Do you? I, I like the smell of a department store, yeah. Reminds me of being a kid and running through all the racks, <laughs> hiding in them. Yeah. Uh, I have here an item uh, that just says squirrels. What is, oh, my God. What's going on with the squirrels? 
Well, you know, I'm having that rodent thing in the backyard. Oh, the mounds, yes. Yes, but the mound is gone. However, the squirrel or whatever he is still comes out and stands around and looks looks around like, really, he looks like this is my yard and I'm keeping it pretty nice. And he's really annoying. But in this, in squirrel news in New Hampshire, because we had such a mild winter last year, there was an abundance of food, pine cones and such, oh. for the squirrels to feast on. And now... It's time for the young males to go off and live on their own, Mm -hmm. you know, like the Amish do, you know. The young squirrels are going off to find their own life. Oh, on a pilgrimage is what you're saying. (laughs) Well, they're all ending up dead, and there's so many of them. Somebody was on on the highway going from New Hampshire to Maine, and they counted— I don't know where they started and where they stopped, but they counted 250 squirrels on the side of the road. And we went a couple of weeks ago, and there were massive amounts of dead squirrels. I mean, it was it was like a war zone. Are you making this up? This is madness. You know, usually usually we try to give people a picture of idyllic or somewhat goofy and quirky (laughs) small town life. And now you're just making it out to be the squirrel killing fields. it is. This is real. You can really Google it and see. They're calling it Squirrel Geddon. Well, I'm glad we have a cute name for it. <laughs> it's sad. I don't mean to laugh, but it's sad. <laughs> squirrel Geddon? Yeah. Good God. I'm sure the squirrels get a good chuckle out of that before they drop over dead. Now, I thought you said, though, that the creature in the backyard was a chipmunk. Maybe the chipmunks are having their day. They're saying, oh, ho, ho. you squirrels thought you were going to take over the world, but see. Well, I've just about had it with this guy in the backyard. I put sticks down his hole. I put Jesus, dirt. Mom. I put... Get arrested his... for that. <laughs> You're terrible. You're terrible. And he just... He, he just keeps taking everything out, like, you know, part of his day, not a problem. I'll well, take care of this. Yeah, like we said, I don't a, know who's... <laughs> we said a couple of weeks ago, he has nothing better to do. <laughs> well, he should be providing for his family. Don't they need to gather nuts? And well, he's berries? trying to, but this local jerk keeps shoving sticks down his hole. <laughs> Now, you were alarmed at something you saw on iTunes as well, I, I you told yes. me? Yeah, what's that? I, I finally figured out how to work around that and and see what people are saying. And it says we are explicit. So, you know, I was very offended by that. And uh, so I looked up what that meant, and it really, it's, says it stated clearly and in detail leaving no room for confusion but that's not what they mean well that's no that's one meaning of explicit but they they mean um explicit language raw language well we should clean this up uh, you know once in a while a bad word slips in there and i just i didn't want to get in trouble with apple so a long time ago i just said it to explicit for everything 
just to indicate that it's a podcast for grown-ups. Now, I don't even know if I need to do that anymore, or I wonder if that affects our listing or, or whatever. But Well, do you think people are offended by that and maybe avoid us because it says that? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I hope not. But I got to be honest with huh. people, you know, because uh, you might hear the occasional word. crap or duty. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to be alarmed. So you're warned up front. This is an explicit podcast. That's right, because I think I even said poo-poo earlier. So. Oh, no, I was saying poo-poo last night uh, around 11 p.m. crying from Leo's room. I run up there. Oh, and I open the door, and he's standing there, right inside the door, and he just holds his hands up. They're all shiny, and he's <gasps> got tears streaming down his face, and he just says, Ointment! <laughs> and continues bawling. Uh, he had gotten into his ointment uh, on his changing table and had been having some fun with it, so... You know, I cleaned off his hands and told him it was okay, and we snuggled in bed, and I said, everybody makes mistakes, right? He said, everybody makes mistakes. I guess he echoed me. I wonder if it's something he heard on Mr. Rogers or something. I said, daddy makes mistakes. Mama makes mistakes. We went through all that. He settled down. You know, he was feeling pretty foolish, I guess. And then I said, I guess you learned a little lesson, right? So no more, no more ointment. We got your hands all clean. No more ointment. And he said, I put in hair, too. And I reach up and feel his hair, and it's just one big glob <laughs> of, of petroleum jelly. <laughs> oh. Which cleans up so easily. Oh, God, I washed his hair three times last night and three times this morning, Ma, and it's still, I couldn't get it out. Yeah. Maybe there's a trick to it. I'll look it up. But um, I, said, oh, I said to Anna, he... He really couldn't have expressed himself any better when I opened that door, because he was right. Ointment. Oh, and it was all on his bedspread and his clothes. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, let me tell you this story. When I was a kid, Noxzema was a very, you know, big product. And when you push Noxzema, it's sort of, it's not smooth like cream, or it wasn't back then. It sort of was... Lumpy, not lumpy, but it did. Hmm. It moved in a funny way. Okay. It moved in a funny way, and you know, it smelled nice and whatever. So anyway, I was probably about three because I do remember this, and I, my mother had a brand new jar of Noxema, and I locked myself in. <laughs> I think it was her bedroom, and just was going to push the top because it was all smooth, brand new. Well, I ended up covering the top of her dresser, the bedspread, oh. my arms, my hands, my everything. And when I was finished with almost the whole jar, I tried to leave the bedroom, which now smells like, you know, like a bottle of Listerine was yeah, yeah. dumped on everything. I couldn't get out. Because my hands were all greasy. <laughs> I think that's what Leo was dealing with last night, too. Yeah. 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 Let me leave this behind. So I cried and cried and cried. And somebody finally came and, you know, kept saying, open the door, open the door. Well, I couldn't open the door. And they figured out that I had locked the door. So I pushed the lock from one side to the other. And they couldn't open the door. Oh, jeez. 
So now I don't know if the door is locked or unlocked now, and I know that I can't get <laughs> the door open, and now they can't get the door open. Uh, so I don't know how that ended because I don't remember. Well, I guess you got out at some point because you're I here. <laughs> I did get out. Well, that's a good one. Well, poor Leo. I hope he learned a lesson, but, you know, maybe it's genetic. Well, I think anyway, he went to school with a nice uh, with a nice uh, do today, let's say <laughs> it was extra styled in the front. <laughs> I guess it'll come out eventually. But geez, it's such a pain and you just feel so helpless. I know. Well, good luck with that. All right. Shall we move on to our review? All right. OK. Today we are talking about Jeopardy. Since it debuted in 1964 on NBC, and especially since the Alex Trebek version started its long run in 1984, Jeopardy! has been America's benchmark for brainy TV games. More than a quarter million answers have been provided to players over the course of Jeopardy!'s wow. existence, and most of them have been posed by Trebek, the erudite host whose laid-back style sometimes makes him seem easygoing, sometimes intimidating. You all know how Jeopardy! works by now, but here's a clip anyway. Scores as you see them are correct, and the three players are about to deal with authors and this clue. After this woman's death, her daughter wrote, As far as we in the family are concerned, the alphabet now ends at Y. 30 seconds, players. Good luck. Jeopardy! is syndicated to stations across the country. Check your local listings. Mom, the answer is... This one word describes Bonnie Tatey's feelings about Jeopardy! Love. I love Jeopardy! you got to answer in the form of a question. Oh. What is love? There you go. You would have been dinged by Alex. I know. I know, but sometimes they get it wrong, too, you know. Yeah, I know. But in the first round, he'll give him a little nudge. That's true. In the second round, you're, it's your own fault. You're sunk, yep. And that's the way it should be. Why do you love it? I love it because I'll tell you one of the things I like about it. It's very dependable. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you're going to get. It presses you to think, you know, in a fun way. Not, not like school was, you mm-hmm. know, pressure. It's just fun. It's fun to lay in bed and and watch it. And Daddy and I try to answer things. And Mm -hmm. some nights we do very well. And some nights it's a wonder that English is our first language. Yeah. How'd you do on the Um, video games category uh, in last night's showing, which is the uh, one that I watched uh, the September 26th? (laughs) Well, so did the contestants. I was disgusted. Well, not everybody bases their life on the legend of Zelda, you know. They didn't know anything about video games. It was pathetic. Nothing. But, you know, I didn't hear of a lot of those games that, that, that were the answers. Well, you know, it was, it was tough. Let me read Final Jeopardy for the C, and you can play along at home if you didn't see okay. this one. And if you did see this one, you can look like a genius right now. Uh, Final right. Jeopardy, the category was authors. Mom, I'm going to have to guess you got this one, but we'll see. After this woman's death, her daughter wrote... 
As far as we in the family are concerned, the alphabet now ends at Y. Did you get that one, Mom? You know, I couldn't think of her name. I could tell her. I said to Dad... I know. I said to Dad, her books are A is for alibi, B is yeah. for burglar. I know. I know who she is. I know exactly who she is. But I really folded under the pressure. Uh, wow. Well, the answer was, or rather the question was, who is Sue Grafton? And I did not get that. I felt a little dumb afterward. My guess was Zora Neale well, Hurston. Well, I better than you then. What are you saying, oh, Mom, for? Well, because uh, these books infested our home. There, there was in every room. There was a B is for something, M is for murder, D is for death. I don't know what they were really called, but they were all over the place. Well, I know, but I'll tell you, I did become a little unenamored of her because she wrote all her books like before, in in the time of before there were cell phones and such, and it just got frustrating to me. And and I am very sad that she she died at Y. You know, yeah. be, you know, that would be quite an accomplishment to have done them all. <laughs> but this is a little more mysterious. Still maybe, pretty so. good. St- 25 letters is still pretty good. It's pretty darn good. And she was a very good writer, but I just got tired of it, you know. Uh, let's go through the elements of the show here. Uh, well, Alex. that's what I was just going <laughs> to ask you. What you know, like, what do you think of the little interviews that they do with people after the first? Break? Oh, you want to talk about the interviews? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Uh, I love the little interviews um, because they are so impersonal and uh, so fleeting. <laughs> and it's like, well, my hobby is discovering a cure for cancer, and Alex says, "Oh, well, good for you." And now our next contestant is. <laughs> Alex has been on autopilot for the last 20 years with these interviews. He reads what it says on the card, and then, yes, you're absolutely right. Oh, that's that's great. Oh, well, how about that? Or uh, Alex's favorite line, hello, for anything mildly shocking. It's, it's, it, it's cringeworthy. Yeah, and so how many, how many bottle caps are in your collection? Oh, 2,000, Alex. Hello. <laughs> He's got about half a dozen stock lines that he just hits these people with, and then he's like, all right, back to my station. Let's get this done with. It's the the truth. And some of them, some of these stories that that are, I guess, somebody picks out for them to tell from their interview are, are awful. Yeah, well, it has to be a quote-unquote story that can be told in six seconds, because Alex gets antsy real fast if you take too long. Yeah. So I don't, there's just not that many, I don't know what I could say that would be thrilling in in so little time. I mean, it's it's hard. You just want to give people a little picture of yourself. That's all they need. That segment is just to make these people seem like full-fledged human beings. Just a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, give you, because I think so many, although, you know, they do this thing at the beginning of the show, you know, a school teacher from Nyack, New York, and so maybe that's really all we need. I don't know. 
you know, we need to see them talk. I think we do need to see them interact. It's not so much about the stories we hear, but about seeing their manner and seeing how they mm-hmm. talk. And that's what makes them human beings. So the substance of it almost makes no difference. Well, you know, I think that's a good point, because what I do, and again, people that are listening, I'm a very shallow person. So just remember that, yeah, you know, the first the, as they introduce themselves, you know, and I think, ugh. Uh, ugh, for you and you look pretty nifty and oh stop acting like a jackass and so I have a a, a judging system that goes on on the first <laughs> blush but then sometimes when you hear them talk yeah you you change your mind yeah. I change my mind yeah I think that's what it's there for that's important well I think I guess it is I guess it is. As inane as it can be, it is important. It allows you to form, I think you hit the nail on the head, it allows you to form an actual first impression of these people, as accurate or inaccurate as that may be. Right. What about Alex? What do you make of Alex? Well, you know, I I like Alex. Um, He seems... uh, He seems... I don't know how to really say this. He seems like your uncle that would, you know, that knows how to handle a problem. And, you know, that's that's my impression of him, that he's he really has the answers. Except at one time I said to Daddy, what what if Alex Trebek is really as dumb as a doorknob, you know, and he just knows how to pull off these questions and he sounds so smooth. And we watched it a couple nights thinking that and it was pretty hilarious, really. <laughs> So you created this little canon in your head in which uh, Alex Trebek is a is a dummy. Yeah. I think after you've asked people uh, hundreds of thousands of questions, you pick up a thing or two. I would think so, but it was a fun idea. It was a fun little. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. How much do you think he remembers? How much do you think he remembers? Well, I think he he picks up a lot over yeah. over the years, just because the field of Jeopardy appropriate material, although it has expanded over the years, is actually not as big as like the, you know, the field of all knowledge, right? There's a specialized set of knowledge that is appropriate for a QA and a show like Jeopardy! And I think he's picked up a lot of, you know, Shakespearean plays, uh, Mm. philosophers, playwrights, uh, prime ministers. Oh, I rolled my eyes at every one of those. (laughs) I'm very bad at those. I hate Shakespeare. What about the set? I think it's I think it's a very very appropriate for the show. I don't like it. You don't like it? I like that they stand because although I do hate a rocker. <laughs> As someone who's always shifting on their feet or fiddling yeah. with that signaling device. Oh my god, we love those people cuz they just look like monkeys. Those people that are just that hold it way up in the air and are press, 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 trying to make the peanut come down the tube. Like a monkey in an experiment? Is that what you're saying? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, I like that they stand. I wish it were more imposing. I like the, you know, I like the sets of the 80s, which um, were bright, but were a little more severe. You know, in the late 90s, they went to more of this sort of living room feel. And the set now that they have is more flashy and almost has kind of like a... 
I don't know, like a nightclub look to it a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Well, you know, it's got to be intimidating to come up and, and show your intelligence, more or less. You you really do want people to feel comfortable coming into that. Yeah. And also, in the 80s, they would make them, they would make them walk out to their station. And I liked the movement yes, of that. I remember that. Anymore, they just, they're already standing there and the camera just hits them. But I liked the motion yeah. of having people stride out. But these are minor things. Well, you that, know, somebody probably tripped. What's that? Somebody, somebody, somebody probably, probably tripped. tripped. And, you know, <laughs> cost them insurance, then they say, all right, that has to go. Yeah, I wonder what was, but, you know, there's decision making behind all these little changes. And it just, I. You're right. You're I right. wonder. You know, I wonder if maybe they had a disabled contestant on one week and that maybe that would prompt them to decide, you know, let's just scrap this. Um, mm make it more accepting and just scrap the walking out altogether. And I think of that because um, Bill Cullen, the prolific game mm -hmm. show host, right. had polio as a child and would always be shot uh, in a way that we did not really see him walking to his move. his place. Right. We never That's really right. saw him move. And even when he, show, he hosted shows like, you know, he hosted, um, I forget if it was 10000 or $20,000 Pyramid, uh, you know, Dick Clark would be walking around that set. You know, he'd he'd right. he'd come out at the beginning. He'd yeah. be standing at the winner's circle and would walk away. And you never saw Bill do any of that stuff, so that they didn't. We didn't have to see him limping on camera. Uh, That's so right. I, it makes me. He was always it was, he was always respected like that. Dick Clark walked away from the circle like everybody had just farted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, he would make a, uh, at the end of the show, when he said his goodbyes, he would say so long and give his salute to the camera, and then he would practically sprint off the set. Yes. Now, I always enjoyed playing Jeopardy with you guys, but in recent years, you don't let me play. Well, because you read too fast. <laughs> and, and you know all the answers, but you read too fast. We're on the, the first time Julius Caesar. Well, what the hell? What fun is that? I mean, I know it's great fun for you, but... I think having Jeopardy on so much when I was a kid trained me to take in a whole screen of words in an instant. Well, don't make that mistake with Leo, then. <laughs> Leo will be beating me at Jeopardy or someday. Eve. I hope so. Or Eve, of course. Uh, Alex had a beard at the beginning of this season. Yeah. And he let the fans decide whether or not he would keep the beard. Some little thing he was pulling with Stephen Colbert. And uh, did you want him to keep the beard or not? Uh, you know, here's my feeling on a beard. I don't really like to kiss it. It's scratchy. It's, but, you know, I don't really care. You don't care about Alex's beard one way or the other. Right. I don't care if Alex has one, doesn't have one. Because, uh, you know, I'm not personally vested in that you have an aesthetic preference though don't you oh yeah shave it off <laughs> i hate hair <laughs> yeah yeah don't need it uh you but know you have a very nice beard well i was just gonna say i have a beard now yeah but y you approve of that beard my beard i do i think it looks good i think it looks good it's nice and brown and and uh you know healthy looking uh you know, there's beards that 
you know, people grow that are big and fluffy and fuzzy, and oh, I just think they're disgusting. But uh, yours is nice and, you know, yours isn't isn't like uh, quaffed to an inch of its life. It looks natural. It looks good. Not too much. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Boy, I appreciate yeah. that. But Alex's yeah. uh, face has been a point of interest for many years, and. You know, he used to have the mustache. That used to be a part, a signature part right. of the Trebek look. And he used to have a big fro, too, before um, yes. before Jeopardy. You know, a lot of people don't know. Alex hosted a lot of game shows before Jeopardy. And he is, um, I think he's one of the all-time great hosts, not just because he's been on this long-running show, but if you look at all of his stuff, he really adapts his style to the show. Um, yeah. You know, he hosted a show called High Rollers, uh, somewhat uh, frantic dice slash Q&A game. And he yeah. was Mr. Laidback, Mr. 70s, the leisure suits, uh, the um, <laughs> sort of flirty jokes. You know, I won't go through his whole oeuvre, but he adapted himself to the show. And so I think a lot of people know Alex as sort of a stern quiz master, and he was a little yeah. brittle, especially in his early years. He's he's loosened up a little since then, but he's a bit of a chameleon, even though it's hard to tell because he's had this job for so long. So he had the fro, and he lost the fro for, for Jeopardy, but had the mustache. And I remember when he shaved the mustache off, that was a big deal. I remember when he started wearing glasses, that was a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, remember when Bob Barker came out without hair dye? That was a thing. Oh, my God. Yes. You know, you used a word, Mom, at the beginning of our conversation about Jeopardy. What, was it dependable? You called it? Yeah. And the we expect the hosts to be dependable, too. You know, it's like, who cares if Bob Barker changed his hair or who cares if Alex has a mustache or not? But people really care because this is, Definitely. it's a reassuring part of the day, isn't it? Like, you know That's what right. you're going to get and you know you're going to half hour of laid back fun and enjoyment and you might learn a little something, right? Right. It's nice to have these points in which we can ground ourselves in the day, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's just, there's just so much going on every day now that it, that that's, that's your breath of fresh air. That's your time to... To really relax, you know, mm. put your pajamas on and just enjoy this half hour because you know exactly what you're going to get. It's not about fires. It's not about the president. It's not about um, yeah. anything that's upsetting. It's just something stretch your brain a little bit and enjoy it. And you really can enjoy it. Yes, that's right. Well, in theory, you can. Because what I was winding up to, it's so funny you said it's not about the president. So I'm watching this yesterday. It comes on at 3.30 in the afternoon here in Chicago. Oh. Um, and I know what you saw. The, they're on the last Final Jeopardy contestant. They show her answer. Who is Sue Grafton? It looks like she's going to win. They're about to show her wager. And just in that instant, boom. Here's our dipshit president. See, there's yep. your explicit tag on iTunes. Here's our dipshit president yep. yammering about, I mean, yammering incoherently like a crazy person yep. in front of a million flags. And I just, it was the biggest gut punch, Mom, because I was in that mode that you're talking about. Oh, here's yep. this American tradition. Everybody's, 
in good spirits, having a good time, and I'm about to see the big climactic moment, the big win, and oh, here's here's Trump, and I just uh, God. He infects everything. The last thing you want to see. The last thing you want to see. It reminded me of when I was a kid and the Gulf War was going on and Price is Right would be interrupted almost every day by stupid Norman Schwarzkopf giving another of his endless briefings. Oh, God, I hated Schwarzkopf. Because God forbid you can't wait till 12 o'clock to see it all over again (sighs) at the afternoon news. Yeah, it's and that's why WBZ News is on my Arias list because they broke in almost last winter every time it snowed like it was Armageddon <laughs> or Squirrel Geddon, as the, the case may be. <laughs> really, and and to hear them say, "If you're out on the road, please be be careful." Well, if they're out on the road, they're not watching your television show. <laughs> And if they are on the road watching your television show, the (laughs) snow is the least of their concerns. (laughs) Oh, Johnny. But that's sad. That's sad. It is sad, but it really, it brought into sharp relief for me, Mom, exactly what you uh, brought up without any prompting from me. You know, we were feeling the same thing there. Having Trump show up just put in relief. Um, what a nice tradition uh, Jeopardy is. Yeah. So, yeah, I, let me ask you this. Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune? These are the two iconic Merv Griffin syndicated game shows. Uh, if you could only keep one, which one would you keep? Well, I, you know I love Wheel of Fortune, mm-hmm. but I would keep Jeopardy because it, it involves you more. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune, if you solve the problem after two letters are up, it's, not, it's really not much fun to mm. watch them spin the wheel and finally solve it. I don't know. That's that's how I feel hmm. about it. Good point. Uh, all right, Mom. Uh, what is your grade for Jeopardy? Or should I say this is Mom's grade for Jeopardy? What is A+. Plus? <laughs> A+, plus, the mom seal of approval. Okay. Love it. That was fun. That was fun well, to do Jeopardy this week. Good idea, Mom. That was fun to do Jeopardy. Mom, you have a recommendation, and you've kept it mysterious. I don't have anything in my notes for this. Mom, no, let me I tell know. you, listeners, Mom refused to divulge her uh, <laughs> recommendation in advance, so I'm eager to hear what this is and why it needed to be a secret. Well, it doesn't really need to be a secret, but it's an odd one because it isn't a book, and I just started reading a book that I'll probably review for you or recommend mm-hmm. next week, but I won't tell you when it is. But this is my recommendation because this occurred to me last week when I did this, and that is that when you're in the drugstore or when you're out and about someplace, buy a postcard and send it to someone. Send it to anybody because nobody gets nice mail anymore. You get Maybe you get a birthday card, but nothing, you know, no surprise on a regular Thursday or a regular Wednesday. And what a nice idea. I sent my postcard to my grandchildren, but you could send your postcard to a friend that you're thinking of or that you haven't talked to in a couple of weeks or just anybody. What a fun idea to get some fun mail. When was the last time you got fun mail? I love that recommendation. The last time I got fun mail was the postcard that you sent to Leo and Eve. Yeah. With pictures of it's- bears taking taking a work on a camera. That's right. <laughs> How do those bears know how to work a camera? 
and who's who did they steal it from? <laughs> That's right. Those bad bears. Those bears. I love that recommendation, Mom, and I think it's a good one. How much does a postcard stamp cost? Do they even have separate postcard stamps now? Yes, they do. They still do, yeah. They do. And how much is a postcard stamp? A quarter? Probably something like that. I got a sheet because I thought, you know, this is a fun idea. And now I'm, so now I'm looking for special postcards to send. And, you know, maybe they'll, maybe you'll tuck them away in a drawer someday and they'll look at them later and think, oh, what a, how fun, how fun. Look mm-hmm, at this. Mm-hmm. I remember this bear one or whatever. Boo. My grandfather, your father, used to send yeah. me postcards from all his travels um, as he competed in athletic meets around the world. Uh, do you know where those are? They're in a lunchbox somewhere, right? Yep, I sure do know where they are. Because hmm. you know what? You know what also is in there? Postcards that he sent to me. Oh, okay. yeah. So they're all together. All right. Well, there's no need to be jealous, Mom. We get it. I just it. meant there's a history there. Yeah, all right. Well, we get it. Jeez. All right. All right. Uh, the postcard rate is 35 cents, in case you were wondering. Well, what a cheap way to just less than a dollar to make someone smile. I love it. Postcards are Mom's okay. recommendation for the week, and uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? about something interesting oh all right something interesting that sounds that sounds good it sounds interesting you know what it sounds like it sounds <laughs> interesting here's the usual plug before i go if you're watching better call saul check out my series basement breakdown on youtube where i take you deeper into the beautiful and meaningful images of every episode of better call saul that's basement breakdown on youtube and of course if you enjoy pop mom consider giving us a review on apple podcasts and tell your friends We'd love to get some more listeners, add some more listeners to the community, because we do love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Danny. I love you. I love you, too. (laughs) 